0: Hello and welcome to the 7th Annual Anakin and Florian Podcast Awards for the year 2021. Breaking down the year's best fights, highlights, and storylines for you, the fans. With your co-host, John Anik. Kenny Florian. with guest Ray Longa and picks with James Krause. Now your host for the evening.
1: Well, I hope my enthusiasm is coming through the microphone. Maybe I'm just excited to see Ken Flow with the hair tidy and the flannel shirt. Happy New Year to you. I'm in my son's bedroom. Monday, January 10th, 2021. It's episode 331 of the Anakin Florian podcast. Good to see you, kid. Little sun splash, sun on your face choking out Clay Guida behind you. What's going on?
2: What's going on, dude? Uh, yeah, I'm burning up over here, by the way. It's hot as hell in here. Uh, it's great to see you. I feel like we haven't spoken in about a month. It's been a while, but, uh, the fights are back. We are back. Yeah. Can't wait.
1: Today is the seventh annual Anakin Florian podcast awards. And because of a couple of slapdicks, we will not be handing out hottest male fighter anymore. Um, I think Clay Guida might have been your entry this year, but yeah. that award goes away. We do have nine yeah. awards to present today. Uh, also, a quick preview on UFC Fight Night. Cater versus Chikadze. I'm looking at the second draft of the fight card right now. This has been a long UFC respite. This has been the longest that I have been home in 10 years working for the UFC. Wow. So, needless to say, uh, I can't wait to uh, get back on the road. Right, A lot of child care. A lot of <laughs> child care over the last several weeks or so. All right, so we will begin our nine categories with the 2021 Rookie of the Year. Uh, and we will start with Kenny Florian's best UFC newcomer uh, for 2021.
0: Kenny Florian's 2021 Rookie of the Year, Chris Curtis. Mm.
1: so what a 2021 for the action man. Chris Curtis wins over Phil Hawes and Brendan Allen, big underdog in both of those spots. And obviously he made an impression on you.
2: Uh, no question about it. Listen, I, he was not on my radar at all. Right. And, uh, 2021 was just phenomenal for the guy win-wise. He had four fights coming into the UFC, four wins coming into the UFC. Gets paired up against Phil Haas, and you're like, oh, man, this poor guy. You know, not a good matchup. Phil Haas is out there doing work on him. He's kind of making it look easy. Looks like he's cruising to victory. And Chris Curtis just all of a sudden wakes up and decides to knock him out. And it was a brutal knockout, man. Uh, Sent him to, uh, you know, the shadow realm. Uh, and then gets paired up against perhaps an even worse matchup. And Brandon Allen, a-, a guy who really can do it all, right? He's multifaceted. He's talented, a lot of potential, and goes out there and wins again by knockout. And now he's kind of on everybody's radar again. His first two wins in the UFC, 6-0 in 2021 overall for his mixed martial arts right, career. Right. Uh, I-, I love his story. You know, had like no money before he came into the UFC. Uh, so yeah, he's my rookie of the year, man.
1: Chris Curtis gets an app, right? I mean, only non champion, I guess that I even considered for fighter of the year, just because of the sheer volume and the circumstances surrounding his UFC debut was supposed to happen earlier against Phil Hawes. And then that fight got delayed because Haas didn't want to accept it on 24 hours or less notice, whatever the circumstances may have been. But I've said this publicly Sometimes as a, a as a broadcaster, you get a fighter like Chris Curtis and it takes him, you know, 30 fights or so to get to the UFC. And you're wondering, like, what took so long, you know? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's just a circumstance here or there that – Maybe a win ends up being a two-year setback. He fought Balaam Muhammad in 2014. Maybe you win that fight and and you get to the UFC in 2015 instead of 2021. But, yeah, Chip's in the center of the table on the action man, Chris Curtis. And there are going to be easier matchups, man, right, to your points, like than Phil Hawes and Brendan Allen, you know, difficult wrestlers and grapplers and – very happy for, uh, for the father of the year and uh, Kenny's UFC Rookie of the Year for 2021, Chris Curtis. All right, so I could have gone in a number of different ways here. So I'm assessing for my Rookie of the Year, again, because there's no hard and fast criteria. I'm assessing what I see in a UFC debut or two UFC fights in the case of some. Um, but I'm also trying to project greatness in the future. So with that, my 2021 UFC
0: Rookie of the Year. John Annex, 2021 Rookie of the Year, Ian Gary.
1: All right, you only get one chance to make a first impression fighter on our active roster.
3: The future is here, right? I'm here with the winner, Ian Gary, ladies and gentlemen. The hype is real. F- right, right, it is. Oh. So, look, I just want to say. That was some hell of a knockout, but Jordan put up a great fight for the first round. For the first time in my life, I felt a little bit of nerves. A little bit weird. 23, making my UFC debut at MSG. It doesn't get.
1: UFCFightPass.com for the audio. Not sure I need to add to that, right? I mean, certainly has the skills on the microphone. He's a thoughtful kid, but I think it's his appetite to get better at mixed martial arts that attracts me to him. You know, wholesale changes in his life, right? New training camp, move to Florida. He's going all in, and uh, I'm all in on Ian Gary. You know, Michael Chandler is not the only one under that Sanford MMA roof who believes that Ian Gary is a future UFC champion. I think it's ambitious for Chandler to say that it's going to happen inside of two years, Um, and maybe he'll be a lot of people's breakout star of 2022. But for me, uh, Ian Gary uh, made a positive and massive impression in his UFC debut, and as such, he is my 2021 UFC Rookie of the Year. All right, breakout star of the year. So I went outside the UFC for this, Ken Flo. I mean, you saw this firsthand, but I'm not sure any fighter in mixed martial arts sort of broke out more than Kayla Harrison. Like, her fights, her post-fight interviews, she's must-see television. And I don't know if she became must-see television Last year for some people, for me, it was 2021, but I'm just attracted to like everything that she does. I think she's the total package when she isn't fighting, as you know, circumstances in her life, she has adopted two children. She's an amazing mother. Um, and now, obviously, in addition to the Olympic accolades and all the gold medals at home, she is on this amazing MMA career trajectory. A lot of people want to see her in the UFC. Um, I think she's going to have wild MMA success wherever she goes. You know, I do think the time is now. So I hope that she pursues the biggest, most competitive fights. Um, but Kayla Harrison is my breakout star of the year for 2021. And uh, and with that, let us get to uh, Ken Flo's breakout star of the year uh, for 2021.
0: Kenny Florian's 2021 Breakout Star of the Year, Estrella do Año Precoce, Charles Oliveira. That, I mean, was, the, that was touch and go
4: right there. I mean, the power of Chandler is a sight to behold, man.
1: UFC What else can you say about Charles Oliveira? What what was that Brazilian Portuguese off the top, Kenny? Do you know what Cody said there off the top?
2: I, I believe the translation was for breakout star of the year, right?
1: Cody, is your microphone hot? Because at this point, you're just fucking showing off with your Brazilian girlfriend. Like, what are we doing here?
0: That's just money in the bank, baby.
1: He's getting, his,
2: he's getting his reps in i love it but listen man you know a lot of people are going to be shaking their head like breakout star of the year charles Oliveira. like what do you mean he's a he's a champion well he wasn't on everyone's uh radar as far as that guy who is must see must watch tv in a lot of ways he was a phenomenal fighter was he a star in the ufc at this point in my man. opinion he wasn't right so um he he kind of was kind of uh his coming out party for a lot of people i think you know amongst the non-hardcores was tony ferguson right he went out there completely dominated tony ferguson a, a guy who has been one of the best lightweights for the last several years made it look easy wasn't able to get the finish but then in 2021 he faced chandler um, and Chandler, you know, you look at him, he, the guy, he looks like an athlete. He moves like an athlete, very powerful, a former champion outside of the organization of the UFC and, um, comes in and, uh, is able to rally back for a little bit and, uh, makes it look easy in round two, got the knockout, got the TKO, I should say. And then has to face Dustin Poirier, a guy who has been on fire, uh, a guy who is you know, defeated a very confident Conor McGregor and goes out there and submits him in round three. Looked phenomenal everywhere. Charles Oliveira is a legitimate star now. You look at who he's beaten, the way that he's done it, the eyes that have been on him. Um, I'm just so impressed with this kid. Uh, He's a finisher through and through. He is dangerous and technical everywhere. Man, he is a
1: big-time problem, but more importantly, he's a big-time star now. That's why he's my pick. It's amazing to think about how much his life has changed since May 14th, May 15th of this year. Right. And you think about his ability to recover in that Michael Chandler fight and were it not for his ability to do so, um, you know, who knows what his bank account would look like. Can you imagine the swing? Like we always talk as sports gamblers on a daily basis about these swings. Right. And I might only have, you know, 50 bucks on a game or on a parlay. Right. But I have these huge swings as a gambler and I can't even imagine Imagine what the financial swing for Charles Oliveira in winning those two fights over Michael Chandler uh, and Dustin Poirier. Good on Charles Oliveira. I'd imagine uh, he'll be heard from again before the end of uh, the award show today. All right. Next up, our Robert Fallis, corner man slash coach of the year, corner woman of the year, if that applies, um, named in honor of the late, great Robert Follis, dear friend of mine. Um, new rule for this year, by the way, we get to pick two coaches of the year because I actually had a list of 18 coaches when I began this exercise, right? And it's like, where do you even begin? Right to not acknowledge Santino DeFranco and Eddie Cha and Henry Saudo from Fight Ready and Eric Nixick and Dennis Davis and Mark Montoya and the general safe saud if I'm given an award for corner man of the year. Uh I think that's the best guy to maximize those 60 seconds on fight night. Um, but I guess for me, in the toughest category. Given the fact that you gave Trevor Whitman your 2020 coach of the year and given all that November 6th, 2021 held for this man going back and forth from the locker room to the octagon with his three athletes, Kamar Usman, Justin Gaethje, Thug Rose Nama Um He's my coach of the year. It was an incredible nightly accomplishment. All, uh, of course, he was in Kamaru Usman's corner for all three of the championship wins. Um, but Trevor Whitman is, is a mastermind. We miss him on the UFC broadcasts. And uh, Trevor Whitman's my 2021 uh, coach of the year. Kemflo, who you got?
2: Okay, so I went with uh, Fernand Lopez, a guy who not a whole lot of people talk about, right? So uh, I, I think you look at what he's done Um, It's extremely impressive and similar uh, to the guys over in New Zealand with City Kickbox and Eugene Behrman. What's impressive about that group is the fact that they are kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? They don't have that rich history necessarily of mixed martial arts. He's doing this in France, okay? He has produced... Francis Ngannou, Cyril Ghosn, Yuan Kutulaba, you know, Nasruddin Imavev. Yeah, uh, Imavev is to
1: talk about because, right, like help build that guy into a real fucking problem right now, you know?
2: Yeah, and he's got a a bunch of other guys that are doing well, uh, you know, on their national circuit or – it's illegal in France, but in that European circuit and elsewhere that are doing really well that will – probably find themselves in the UFC at some point. So the fact that he's producing these guys that are at a championship level um, and doing it, well, uh, I guess relatively quickly, he might disagree on that. But the fact that he's producing well-rounded guys that are performing at a high level um, and showing a certain technical mastery means he's doing something right. He's doing something different. It It needs to be acknowledged. He should be credited And, uh, yeah, Fernand Lopez is uh, my
1: coach uh, cornerman of the year. I love you acknowledging Fernand Lopez, right, because I know you chide me at times, and it's like, oh, you know, Francis Nganu and Ciro Gan, like, walk in his door. And there's so much more to it. Right. Kenny Florian giving out the uh, coach of the year. And I know he likes to spread the wealth. Joe Lopez, obviously, who's been working with Alexander Volkanovsky for day one. We should acknowledge him um, because sometimes he gets lost in that city kickboxing shuffle unnecessarily. Um, But congratulations to all the coaches. And I think for a lot of these guys, and I talk a lot about my dear friend, Safe Saud, but to break through and corner a UFC champion, right, for all of Juliana Pena's coaches, right, Luis Claudio and everybody else, of course, Rick Little, whom we've talked at length about about for them to realize that dream uh, is a pretty powerful thing. And and obviously as commentators, we get pretty close to the coaches um, through all of this. All right. Upset of the year, right? So I ain't trying to denigrate Juliana Pena. When I say this is maybe the greatest upset in UFC history. Right. And that's why I kind of want to wait to see the rematch, right. To see just how big of an upset this was, was this just an off night for Amanda Nunes, but until further notice, until we see that rematch, this, is the biggest upset in UFC history for me. Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. Dateline, Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: John Annex 2021 upset of the year. Juliana Pena over Amanda Nunes.
2: When, when, when Daniel Cormier starts going into his falsetto, when he's going to fight, that's when you know you, you've impressed him, and, and he's right. freaking out. I love it.
1: It got <laughs> both of us at the same time when he switched yeah. to octaves. <laughs> Um I don't know that I've heard that back uh, since that night. So uh, UFC fight pass for the audio. Yeah, I mean, that's the upset of the year for me, right, Juliana Pena? And obviously Kenny and I can't land on the same one, but um, – there are a lot of shocking moments in that broadcast booth. Sometimes it's because of a quick finish, uh, sometimes for other reasons. But um, I can't remember being this stunned in that broadcast booth. I was not there for you know Holly Holm uh, against Ronda Rousey, nor was I there for Matt Serra against George St. Pierre. Um, so my upset of the year goes to uh, a very deserving Juliana Pena. Uh, Kenny's upset of the year also happened with a championship backdrop.
0: Florian's 2021 Upset of the Year Glover Tosheda over Jan Blahovic. Oh!
2: you've up in your dreams. Don't matter what people say. Don't listen to them. They're going to put you down. Don't listen to those negative
3: people. Believe in yourself. Keep going forward.
1: UFC Fight Pass on the audio. Shout out to everybody in Minas Gerais who felt slighted by the Danbury, Connecticut call. Hope you enjoyed Cody's Brazilian <laughs> Portuguese, which is so fucking distracting. I, I don't even know what we're doing here, Ken flow But um, upset it. of the year for 2021 uh, goes to Glover Teixeira for you.
2: Okay, o- obviously your choice was uh, a phenomenal one when you look at the numbers odds wise, right? Uh let's look at the let's look at all the numbers here. Uh you know, odds wise uh Tishara was a plus 240, uh Jan was a minus 280 uh, right about there, so almost 3 to 1. Yep. Um uh, but for me what stands out all the other numbers and you mentioned it beautifully, the breakthrough at 42. He's 42 years old. Do you yeah. understand that? Uh-huh. So when you're looking at the at the numbers, you're going this guy at 42 years old, is going to be that guy, Jan Bohovic, who just beat Israel Adesanya. He's been on a roll, you know, excellent everywhere, big, powerful dude. Uh, and then you go, and he's been fighting since 2002. He's been fighting 19-plus years. And I'm going to pick this guy, the Brazilian guy, the guy who was just Chuck Liddell's training partner, the guy who in 2016 to 2018 had this roller coaster ride of you know wins and losses just kind of all over the place. You think it's over for him, and he comes back and he wins and and was dominant, was dominant here against Jan Bohovich. I, I was just I was blown away by the performance, and I actually picked Glover to share it to win. I I, I thought it was possible. Right. So, you know, in my mind, I, I, I thought it was possible, but the way that he did it, John, um, it, it's just amazing. Everything came together perfectly for him. Um, and it's just a, a great lesson and a great story for this sport of how things can change so quickly. Um, and one of the good guys in the sport. One of the guys who never talked trash to get where he is. One of the guys who always did things the right way. Um, And uh, I I love the story. Huge upset, in my opinion. And, uh, hey, he might hold on to that belt until he decides to retire.
1: I really like you highlighting that performance. Uh, Just such a special night, you know. And hopefully he doesn't get divorced because part of the championship call. And there is his wife, Ingrid. (laughs) I I didn't even know what to say. And there is his wife, Ingrid, of all the things I could have said. That's what came out of my mouth. (laughs) Had her name written down on the card, I guess. My God. All right, we got to rifle through some of these because 2021 uh, Anakin Florian Podcast Award nominee Ray Longo is scheduled to join us in a few minutes. Ray did not win any awards this year, he was nominated for uh, Coach of the Year. In our
2: hearts, he did.
1: Yeah, we'll remind him yeah. of his nomination when he comes on the show <laughs> in a little bit. Knockout of the year. I don't have any audio for you here. For me, it was Corey Sandhagen. For you, it was Yuri Prohaska. Again, impossibly difficult. You know, I do think next year, one listener suggested that we give out a, a KO of the year and then a TKO of the year, right, because some of these flush knockouts sort of, deserve a category of their own. And again, it's just a way to sort of acknowledge more fighters, which is ultimately what we're trying to do. But yeah, I mean, no knockout was as memorable for me as, uh, as Corey Sandhagen against Frankie Edgar. You know, I had my Frankie Edgar T-shirt on actually today, and I felt like I needed to change because it was a disservice to my AFPA award winner, Corey Sandhagen to wear my F.E. T-shirt today. But, yeah, man, I mean, Corey Sandhagen obviously knows how to place his weapons, and he did not miss. Um, you went with Yuri Prohaska in what was a very interesting fight and ultimately finish against Dominic Reyes.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, there was a lot on the line at the time. Um, he was facing Dominic Reyes, a, a guy who everyone thought would be the champion at a 205-pound at that stage stage of his career uh and you know it was perhaps the fight and the win that now is going to get him this title shot against Glover Teixeira he came in uh with just crazy momentum into the UFC had an awesome uh you know year and um just really exciting to watch this guy he's one of those guys that just doesn't give a fuck you know <laughs> i mean when you're throwing spinning elbows in a fight with everything on the line that's just extra emphasis right there that he doesn't give an F like he's out there to entertain and kill. He's a martial artist through and through Um, the knockout was just spectacular, man. Again, very few people have the balls to even throw one throughout their whole career. And he, he kept throwing it. Like he was looking for, he knew something was coming. He knew he was leaning forward, caught it, got the knockout crazy fight, crazy win, did it at the perfect time. Uh, a lot of great knockouts this year, of course. But just for me, that one really stood out.
1: And what a fascinating championship matchup, right? Glover Teixeira against Yuri Prohaska. First quarter, 2022, in all yeah. likelihood. Prohaska's hair should be illegal, though. I mean, we got to do something <laughs> about this, you know? It's probably hard as a rock. It takes hours to put together. There ha- You know, I think Clay Guida's hair should be illegal, the way that's just flopping <laughs> around, you know? Now a guy can 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 make his hair into anyway, we gotta move on. Um submission of the year for 2021. Um I don't even know what I'm watching out there when it comes to the jujitsu stuff. Oh, they're stop. telling me I get a submission of the year award. Um this was actually a no-doubter for me. It really was, especially when I went back and watched it after cheating off another nomination list. June 12th, 2021, Glendale, Arizona, uh the assassin baby changing his life forever.
0: John Anik's 2021 Submission of the Year. Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueiredo.
3: This is not ideal in terms of the placement of the triangle. He'd like it on top. Yes. gets putting pressure on his elbow.
1: thanks to UFC fight pass for the championship audio there stick around for the Brazilian Portuguese from uh from Cody Barrow yeah Kenny I mean this for me the transitions of the choke breaking through to win a world title by submission against a credential Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt who knows how to fight a choke in whatever condition you know cardiovascularly in Davison and Figueredo. so happy for Brandon Moreno and Maybe it's just a case of me wanting to give him an award. I remember seeing him taking pictures with fans at the host hotel after winning the title. And it's just like... I say this all the time, I'm a broken record, but the best part of the job for me is when guys break through and become a UFC champion for the first time. And we saw that a lot in 2021. And, um, you know, the way this guy went about it, you know, from, you know, last seed and forgotten man and uh, to be the first Mexican-born champion to break through like that by submission. Um, most memorable submission win and award winner for me is Brandon Moreno. Uh, Ken Flo on the other side went with Anthony fucking Hernandez.
0: Kenny Florian's 2021 Submission of the Year. Fluffy Hernandez arm and guillotine over Adolfo Vieta.
2: And I told my coaches, if I get this
3: out, do I get a white, like a stripe, my first stripe on my purple belt? Oh, so you, you must he's trying to get to half guard. Look, oh, he's my going, goodness. he's going to the anaconda game.
1: And now he's got a new oh, look. Arm. At this.
3: Look at this! Oh, oh my oh, god, he's getting caught! Hernandez, blown away! Submitted. I'm blown away.
1: And to think that that somehow sports fans were watching something else when all that was going down. Ken flow Anthony Hernandez for you, 2021 submission of the year.
2: Yeah, for me, you know, this was uh, most surprising, not necessarily as an upset, right? Because, you know, Anthony Hernandez is a guy who, you know, had a bunch of experience and Hadolfo Vieira still, in my opinion, fresh into his mixed martial arts career, still learning along the way. But you look at Hadolfo, Hadolfo is one of the most credentialed Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners to ever compete inside the octagon. He is like one of the jiu-jitsu gods, you know, uh, amongst all the people in the Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu community. Uh, phenomenal grappler. And, um, you know, if you told me that he could lose it, I'd say, yeah, yeah, it's possible. If you told me he was be submitted I'd say it was impossible yeah uh, but the impossible was achieved by Anthony Hernandez um, you know and, and, and he you know was seven and two heading into that fight he actually had lost by submission heading into that fight uh, you know a, a couple fights before that fight against Adolfo Vieira so coming in and getting a submission win over Adolfo Vieira just phenomenal man it was a beautiful submission. Um, And, of course, he had heard him before that. But the fact that he was able to submit a Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend like that uh, under those circumstances,
1: uh, just amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, that's one you tell the grandkids about, right, Cody Mero? All right. Fight of the year for 2021. I guess I'll start. How about UFC 268? Pay-per-view opener. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Need I say more?
0: John Anik's 2021 Fight of the Year. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler.
3: Oh! A couple big for trouble. Chandler! Gaethje's in trouble with that one. Gaethje's chin getting tested early. Justin, Justin chin is refreshed. He has taken some massive shots from Chandler. Oh! oh nasty left by Justin. Oh! oh Chandler didn't appear to land. Oh, he, he it. Gaethje wobble! watch that fight closely i need you to watch it frame by frame and you'll understand he i mean he hit me in the first and i was i was in a little bit of trouble on the first but after the first round he did not touch me Like he hit me four times one time was because the
1: ref fucked up beyond absolute belief that i can't believe nobody understands what happened there that uh last bit from gaethje uh in our one-on-one here on the anakin florian podcast youtube channel Total chaos. Like I can smell the blood when I think about that fight. Right. And I'm thinking about eventually that fight being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. It takes two. um, And that was the fight of the year for me. Obviously, a lot of worthy candidates for Ken Flo will take it back to UFC 266. And I think this award um, proves that a fight doesn't necessarily have to be close in the end, per se, on the scorecards to be the fight of the year Um, UFC featherweight championship on the line in Vegas.
0: Kenny Florian's 2021 fight of the year. Alexander Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega.
3: Volkanovski, that's it. Oh my goodness, Martin G.T. Ortega. He might go to sleep. The grip is broken. Oh! For now, Volkanovski is out. Who's over the champ. He's a savage, man. Ha. Huh. No, he's just beat the ball. How is that? I'm going to make you break for it? Oh, big oh, shots He's oh, getting oh, through. Oh, Unbelievable. Oh, huge crowd stretch from Volkanovski. One of the best title rounds you will see. Whoa. Whoa. Can we just, like, watch? We got to talk
1: for these finals. No, yeah, I don't want to talk. Wow. Yeah, and sometimes when we're not talking, it's because we're just in in astonishment as to what we're seeing. Kenfo Volkanovski, Ortega, for you, the fight of the year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Listen, uh, you know, obviously this was largely a dominant performance from Volkanovski, uh, the featherweight champion. But, uh, you know, it was Ortega that really made it a very exciting fight. In the manner that he fought, he kept moving forward. And he never stopped trying to pursue the finish. And having that kind of championship heart and having that kind of focus and determination was what really made this fight. He almost finished Volkanovski. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, Volkanovski was dominant throughout that performance, but Volkanovski almost got submitted. That is the beauty of jujitsu. That is the beauty of a true fighter in Ortega. Uh, and for me, that just really stood out because you know, it was just one of those fights that really took you on a roller coaster of emotions. Here, here's Volkanovski cruising to a win, and all of a sudden Ortega has Volkanovski on the ropes, and then almost had him again and again, and then you're thinking, is this going to happen again? And Volkanovski had to fight his ass off every single minute of that round uh, of that fight, and um, just a phenomenal fight, in my in my opinion. The featherweights have been um, really putting on uh, for the fans all year in 2021. They've established themselves as one of the, if not the most difficult division in the UFC, most competitive division in the UFC. Uh, And for me, that fight was just ridiculous, man. Amazing because it was also one where we saw them go from the feet to the ground and everywhere in between.
1: You couldn't have set it up any better. And I hope it gets that Hall of Fame consideration. Candidly, I don't even like the fight wing of the Hall of Fame necessarily. You know, Um, I just think it's sort of a weird thing. Right. Because it it sort of is acknowledging two people, but not really the individual. So then, like, does Diego Sanchez not get any consideration like for the modern era on his own? merits, you know, but yeah, like just because it was 50 to 45 Volkanovski on one of the three scorecards doesn't mean that it didn't have all the back and forth and, uh, everything you would want, um, out of a, uh. Out of a championship fight Hey real quick by the way Max Holloway uh, Is out of that Trilogy fight With Alexander Volkanovsky Looks like maybe The Korean zombie Is going to step in A lot of different options You know I don't know if that's confirmed I'm just seeing stuff On social media But um, Obviously a lot of Considerations right I mean Josh Emmett I think would be a guy That maybe would be Considered right now Um, Certainly people are Talking about Geek Chikadze, But he has a main event Coming up with Calvin Cater In five days I guess they could wait Um, But any thoughts on that Before we move on On uh, Holloway out and potentially the korean zombie in against volko
2: yeah that's unfortunate you know it's rare that you see holloway uh have to cancel a fight he's he's been extremely busy um but um yeah it's hard to replace someone like a holloway this might serve holloway well in a lot of ways to give him some more time to kind of rest watch volkanovsky fight try try to get volkanovsky in one of those wars again try to take away some of his energy uh and then uh reconvene later on in the year. So. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Korean Zombie isn't a bad choice, um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Chikadze goes out there with a dominant performance. If he's able to get a dominant win, no easy task against someone like Calvin Cater, uh, that maybe he might step in there as well.
1: And you know who I'd consider, too? I mean, I mentioned Josh Emmett, of course. He comes to mind. But Yair Rodriguez, who obviously has been vocal about his Mm. desire to step in there. Right. I mean, if ever there were a time to to call Yair's number, um, I could certainly get behind that noise.
2: And that was one of my uh, finalists for fight of the year as well. His fight against Yair's fight against Holloway and other phenomenal. Yeah.
1: And I will say, too, and you see Max Holloway, his performance against Calvin Cater, if you're watching and not just listening, is immortalized behind me. That is the greatest statistical performance uh, or the greatest statistically dominant performance or whatever the fucking wordage verbiage is, right? What Max Holloway did, though, against Calvin Cater in January of 2021, as this is our award show, right? those records are never going to be touched in terms of the number of significant strikes landed. I think he threw over 700 strikes. I was shaking after that Max Holloway performance. And I'm telling you, like I feel pretty convicted when I look into the camera, right? Like as John Jones says, there will never be, a UFC champion younger than him. And I believe John Jones at this point in time, it's going to be too difficult. With all the talent in the UFC, I think it's just going to be too difficult for a 21 or 22-year-old to position themselves um, to become the youngest champion in UFC history. I lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah, Max Holloway, right? I can look into the camera and tell you none of those records are going to be broken. None of those records are going to be broken. Mm -hmm. Significant strikes landed, significant strikes thrown. I know he's not anybody's fighter of the year per se, but I've been calling UFC fights now for 10 years. That's the greatest singular performance that I've ever seen by an athlete, what Max Holloway did in January. Um, but unfortunately, he does not get any awards here this year. All right, Female Fighter of the Year. Um, so I, if people are not picking Juliana Pena, like who you pick, right? I mean, what does she have to do? Um, Amanda Nunez, greatest of all time, right? Consensus, beat her, right? Knocked her up on the feet, choked her out, made her tap. Juliana Pena for me. Um, Ken Flo's Female Fighter of the Year. Uh, this is not PFL bias, Cody. Uh, which way did Ken Flo go?
0: Kenny Florian's 2021 Female Fighter of the Year, Kayla Harrison.
3: continue to chain together this attack. There it is, and there's a tap. Kayla Harrison! Nothing in this world is given. You have to earn it all, and... I'm very blessed and very lucky that I work hard every day, and I want to thank my coaches, American Top Team, my judo family, everyone, my regular family, everyone who supported me from day one, my church family, everyone. Uh, I just really, really appreciate it. I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for them. Um, I love all of you very, very much, and my little wolf pack at home. I definitely wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for them. Well, good things come in pairs, right? Two Olympic gold medals, two kids, championship belt when all else fails grapple <laughs> well i'm gonna job, probably take my kids on a vacation uh go home to ohio for thanksgiving we gotta go pick up emory from school tomorrow <laughs> uh, that, that's all i got planned for now
1: give me all the con the can commentary by the way on <laughs> espn plus is your audio credit can't flow a huge year for Kayla Harrison. She gets two AFPAs today, which means she's getting at least one t-shirt, if not two in the mail. Very exciting. But, uh, yeah, Kayla Harrison's just awesome.
2: She really is. Uh, you know, everything about her is great, as mentioned. And, you know, she started off the year, you know, um, you know, starting the process to adopt uh, two children, her sister's kids. Uh, she was in a hotel room in, in New Jersey for 17 days with two kids getting ready for a fight, cutting weight, doing all that stuff. That that alone, I mean, forget the weight cut. It's like you have two kids in there. She's potty training one of them. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. (laughs) And clearly she was going to be the, you know, the dominant fighter this year and everyone expected a lot from her, but it's not always so easy as Amanda Nunes found out to go out there and deliver when you need to. It's always difficult when you're supposed to be dominant, to go out there and be dominant and show that dominance. And Kayla Harrison just did that all season long in the PFL 4 zero, Okay. There was only one girl who got uh, to the second round. She finished them all. Um, And again, it's, she's just one of those uh, grapplers, just like uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, but perhaps more dominant in the submission realm where you know exactly what she's going to do. But you can't stop it. It does not matter. And Kayla Harrison continues to get better. She's, you know, at a great camp, an American top team, and uh, uh, she's my female fighter of the year.
1: And she's got that Target logo on her back. How do you think she cuts down to 145 pounds? I mean, is that realistic seemingly? Yes.
2: I think I, I don't I totally think so. I, I think she can definitely do that. Um, you know, I think she has been experiencing uh, weight cuts for you know uh, her whole life. You know, competing right. in judo, um, she is as mentally tough as they come. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a motivated Kayla Harrison um, is a dangerous Kayla Harrison, and she is capable of clearly. Uh, some unbelievable things.
1: I should have looked up what she uh, competed in judo at, as far as the weight class is concerned. And of course, Canflo's inner monologue is like, "Hey, man, if I can fucking make 145 pounds, right?"
2: <laughs> She's probably more muscular than me and stronger. but She is yeah. stronger.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. it's amazing how what she would do to me in like an arm wrestling competition is she literally beat me <laughs> in two seconds. Don't
2: do it, dude. Don't do it.
1: Oh, I'm not afraid to uh, be humble. Like that. 78 <laughs> kilos. 78 kilos for the judo career. All right. Yeah. I don't speak in kilos. I don't speak yeah. Brazilian. You are going to multiply that by 2.2. 2. Outstanding. All right. Yeah. Finally, our most prestigious award, perhaps, the Adam Snacks Geller Male Fighter of the Year. Always a b- bunch of uh, worthy champions when it comes to Male Fighter of the Year. But in 2021, for me, I felt as though one guy really stood above the rest,
0: Charlie Olives. John Annex, 2021, Adam Snacks Geller, Male Fighter of the Year, Charles Oliveda
3: Signature win right there. That is how he does it. Look at him. He's so happy. Charles Oliver, my
1: goodness. UFC Doubt him now, folks, right? Doubt him now. Right? Is like, oh, he needs the signature win over Poirier. Okay. Has that now, right? I love this guy, man. And if you're taking me at my word earlier in the program, I say seeing somebody break through and become a first time UFC champion, nothing like it. And then to see him defend in that manner, you know, to emerge from the favelas in Brazil, to emerge from um, a very up and down UFC body of work, seven and four at 145 pounds, finally found his right weight class and um, he can barely see on fight night. Right. And he's so deeply rooted in in faith and God and Spirit that he believes that allows him to see despite his obvious impairments. You know, I'd encourage him to talk to Billy Q and somebody, this guys, about the VPK. Because if you think he's dangerous now, you know, I think he'd be even more dangerous if he could actually see. But Charles Oliveira, my 2021 Adam Snacks Geller male fighter of the dude, year.
2: Dude, pick a weakness. I dare you. Like, where's the yeah. weakness in that guy? Where, yeah, where's
1: right? The, he's got no in- hot. He's got yeah, no fucking nuts, yeah, exactly, yeah. right?
2: It's all, yeah. it's all gone. All those weaknesses have escaped. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Well, no surprise, Ken Flo did go with another UFC champion and one who looks like he is on his way to becoming one of, if not the greatest of all time.
0: Kenny Florian's 2021 Adam Snacks Geller, Male Fighter of the Year, Kamaru Uzman. And of all the superlative...
3: Jacksonville, Florida. Y'all said y'all wanted violence? You're welcome. All right, go kiss later. Go back to the water. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you like to yeah, see it. Breaking up the love. Look yeah, You got uncomfortable. See
1: that? Yeah, hated the Big Tan breaking up the love there. Much love to Mr. Mergliotta, though, but hated that. Um, yeah, Ken Flo, Kamar Usman, your 2021 Fighter of the Year.
2: Listen, uh, it really was pretty much between Oliveira and Usman, right? I mean, both these guys just had phenomenal years. Uh, Kamar Usman, uh, he starts off the year in February, TKOing Gilbert Burns, a, a guy who, you know, he knew very well. They had trained together. Uh, you'd think, hey, if there's someone who knows all about Usman's game and how to expose it, it's Gilbert Burns. Well, Usman went out there, made the adjustments, got the jab going, listened to great corner Trevor Whitman, got it done by TKO. Um, and then, uh, what, a month and a half later, goes out there and fights uh, Jorge Masvidal in April. Again, wins by knockout. Goes out against Colby Covington. Uh, almost gets the knockout against Covington. Ends up getting the win and in a phenomenal fight, an absolute war. Covington, as tough as they come. Uh, so three wins uh, on the year, retains his title, And not only did he become a dominant champion, but showed that he's an exciting fighter now. The big knock on Usman is like, yeah, that's great. He wins and all, but is he exciting? I don't want to watch him fight. Now everybody wants to watch him fight. He has changed his style up. I think it's a testament to his training. It's a testament to his mindset. Um, And it shows just how much better he is than everybody else in that just... um, you know, unbelievable, 170-pound division—a division that historically has been one of the most difficult in the UFC, and and it still is. I mean, you look at all the great wrestlers, all the great strikers that have come out of that division, and Usman stands out amongst the very best, perhaps head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, and uh, that 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 was a, a pretty easy pick. Once you went with Oliveira, man. Usman was an easy pick for me.
1: Yeah, and again, nicely done by you on the breakdown. And I think if this is like a 2021 Associated Press Male Fighter of the Year, right, where you're sort of a sports writer who is charged with handing out this award then you have to consider the 3 and 0 versus the 2 and 0 and the nature of those wins and the rematch against your chief rival rival Colby Covington yeah. um hard to make a case against Kamar Usman as a 2021 uh recipient of male fighter of the year. All right. That is it for the awards. Hope you enjoyed the seventh annual great job by the executive producer, Cody Merrill, plucking all of that audio and his Brazilian Portuguese for extra credit. Um, The Anakin Florian podcast awards were presented by Oddshark.com, The most reliable source for sports betting information with the latest odds, insight and analysis on everything UFC. I would encourage you to check out odd slash UFC to get all you need to know before placing your bets on the upcoming fights. For this weekend's card, the Odd Shark Fight Center is an outstanding resource for fans. The media uses this as well. I can speak to that. Um, All the matchup information is presented in a nice, logical way. Odd Shark also gives you a compilation of all the odds from various sportsbook, so you can compare prices and their experts, not only filled with insight, but they have been invested in mixed martial arts and handicapping MMA for a very long time. So please, check it out in advance of the fights this weekend, and every click also supports the Anakin Florian podcast. It's oddshark.com slash UFC don't forget the second S. All right, we're going to squeeze in the pronunciation of the week here before we get to Raymond Peter Longo. Um, Cody Merrow, bring me that triple box. There it is. Nice job. Happy the awards show. Uh, kind of went off without a hitch there. You happy that that's done, Mister Producer?
0: Hey, year two in the books, huh? Roll right, with you at the controls. You know. Right,
1: exactly. Right. The revised
0: award show, right? It went went from the Golden Globes to the Oscars, baby. That's where we're rolling now.
1: Right. I was about to say that's his soft way of shitting on our first five awards show, and then you (laughs) not so softly just shit all over them. So,
0: well, I mean, Um, I was what twenty two when you started. Like, give me some time. No, that's good. Um,
1: All right, pronunciation of the week.
0: Couldn't get me a Brazilian. Thanks, John. All right.
1: I have two files, and I assume you have both of these files for me. Yeah, no, no. Do I have a Brazilian? No, neither of these files are Brazilians. All right. First fighter trains uh, under Kalano Yama, I believe. He faces Brian Boom Kelleher as part of the prelim portion as the UFC gets back to work here at the Apex this Saturday. Big bantamweight fight here, and a very underrated fight here, a guy who's acknowledged oftentimes by his teammates.
0: uh, Cody Merrow, of whom am I speaking? Starting off the year with a boom with Sid Yakub, Kakramanov.
1: Well, it's not Sid Yakub. I can Sid tell Yacoub. you that. And then you went Kakramanov, and that almost assuredly yeah, you—you d- right. were giving me um, too
0: much praise during the award show. That no matter how good this went, I was going to get shit on anyway.
1: Well, but oh, wait, with wait. all the Saeeds out there, why are you going Sid Yakub? Now watch it be fucking Sid, but it's not Sid. Um, I right? love like
0: you, that though. kid. Like that kid who trains with uh, the Diaz Army. He's like has this crazy name speaks perfect american was born in stockton what's his name
1: what is his name not Sidney outlaw he's florida guy no, no. Um, i don't know I'll, um, I'll look it up all right um anyway sid yakub it is not i mean i would say said yakub kakhramanov um oh. but let's hear let's hear said yakub let's hear him.
0: my name is said yakub kakhramanov my name is said yakub kakhramanov you hear yeah, the, the laughter. CK,
2: the CK is silent, guys. There's no cock, okay, in the name.
1: Uh, 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 by the you way, you hear the
0: laughter. It was like laughing at me in the background. <laughs> like <laughs> good luck.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, again, at Annick Florian Pod, if you can think of uh, punishments or rewards for Cody Marrow, because it is a new year. He starts 0 and one. In the 2022 pronunciation of the week, does it sound like I'm rooting against you when I like it? Oh, and one.
0: (laughs) Me and the Patriots have the same record. So next week, we're going to get back in the horse, get it to one and one in the new year.
1: Hey, I mean, it's all about Saturday night for the uh, the, Pats against the Buffalo Sorry, haters. Our
0: rebuild is over.
1: All right. And then this other name oftentimes confuses commentators. So he's a flyweight contender, number five in the world, fighting Rogerio Bantorin on the main card on ESPN plus this weekend in the flyweight division. Cody, who am I talking about here? I mean, do you have uh do you know who I'm talking about here?
0: I mean, I'm not going to give myself an 0-2 to start off the year. Like, do you want me no, to this play one's to not play? on
1: the record, so uh, you can't okay. even get a win here, but do you know how he pronounces
0: it? Brennan rival?
1: No. So you're not emphasizing the second syllable syllable. Royval. Excuse me. It's rival. And uh, Royval. this is a hard one. Like there's certain names that are pretty simple. That give me the hardest time. This name gives people a hard time.
0: Let's hear uh, Brandon Rawdog Royval. Brandon Rawdog Royval.
1: Royval. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about practice, but yeah, Royval. Rawdog. You dog. know, but if if you're prepping all week and you're thinking Royval it becomes very hard to say Royval, you know. Yeah, like Bilal, like Bilal, Bilal. That one, I mean. Good luck. We don't want to take up too much airtime with this here, Uh, Bilal Muhammad. um, but it, 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 Chael Sonnen calls him Blahal. Blahal. He calls him <laughs> Blahal. Blahal. I mean, Blahal. all good
2: things. Not, not spelled that way.
1: No. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. That's it for the pronunciation of the week. Um, let us get to the first Ray Longo Minute of 2022. hey
3: that's what, I
4: that's what i'm talking about where you guys been
1: happy new year what have you been waiting on us
4: no no oh, no all
1: right <laughs> all right because it's 12 38 right so we've been sitting here <laughs> we've okay. been sitting here you know playing fucking pickleball for eight minutes so just making sure you're not waiting on us you know
4: oh man tell code cody if you hear me i can barely hear these guys again i forget oh. Hold on a second.
1: All right, we're holding. I gotta
4: do this again. Hold on.
1: We're holding. Cody, keep this all on the show. Let me
4: try this. Wait a minute.
1: I mean this guy, man, calls all the shots. Oh, and you know what? Now we're gonna uh now we're gonna clear out our nasal passages, Which all oh, oh. Cody, I don't think we can keep it now. Oh that yeah, yep.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's I think that's better. Go ahead.
1: A great advertisement for Venom, if nothing else. What uh
4: <laughs> yeah, because Venom don't pay me nothing.
2: Can we? There there, there goes. Do we get your face, Ray, or no? There
0: There goes your 2021 Media Personality of the Year award, right there. Sorry about it.
2: We're only getting Ray's shoulder today. We haven't paid him enough. We We just just lost our
1: licensing deal. Um, This is all just scintillating, Cody. I ain't gonna be mad if you cut out some of that. Jot awful. (laughs) Oh come on, Ray man. Happy New Year, my man. I can't hear him now. Sorry about that, guys.
4: There we <laughs> yeah. go. Oh yeah. Holy crow. This is like professional. Look <laughs> at you. Look at you. Oh how you- yeah. How do I how, how do I look? I feel like I'm <laughs> Look how tangled those headphones. Are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah,
4: look at those headphones. Look at this. I just pulled these what out of a, my ass. I, I was hope nobody cat minds playing
2: with those things. What the hell's oh, going on?
4: Shit, man. Yeah. I don't know. What do I know? What do I know? Kenny, you're looking dapper, buddy. Thank you. You got a <laughs> nice haircut. John, how <laughs> well, you hey, feeling, man. buddy?
1: Happy new nice year. my shit. man. It's
4: great to see you. Happy new year. What you guys been doing? Uh, Wait listening you. to
1: you on Buffer's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, we took last week off because my daughters didn't have school. So we, we pushed the award show back to today and, um, oh. you know, have a number of different items to talk to you about. Uh, but it's good to see you, man. How was your new year's and all that
4: fluff? Yeah. I'll tell you, we got, we got killed with COVID over here, like one in four people. So wow. I just laid low. Everybody kind of laid low for Christmas and new years. Yeah. But it was a great time, but it was, uh, yeah, tried to play it a little safe because a lot of things coming up. So, well, no distractions.
1: I understand. Look okay, at this guy with his pull through. Yeah. Come man. on. Uh, come on.
4: Just, yeah, I miss beautiful. you guys. It Thank wasn't you. one week. It's been like three weeks. That's the first thing. Three weeks. At least two. At, at least, least two. two. All right. We'll, yeah. we'll agree on two. Kenny was Kenny was driving his Porsche while we're sitting here in the <laughs> snow. This is awful, horrible.
2: Yeah, it was seventy. It was seventy on Christmas over here.
4: In, in, yeah, it's like it's like crazy. four. I think it's four outside, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Dang.
1: Well, since I know you don't listen to the show when you're not on it, I'll tell you. He put a 15 foot Christmas tree on top of a Porsche sport utility ah.
4: vehicle. So yeah, wow. I That's love what it.
1: they Do in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know? So <laughs> yeah. they do. It was-
4: there's no rules or regulations over there. They do what they want to do. Yeah. I yeah. pulled eight muscles
2: in my back. It was great.
1: Yeah. So, um, f- who's whose hand did you just shake, by the way? A nobody or, or a somebody?
4: No, that was uh, Edwin. He's fighting in a couple of, about a month. He's a somebody. Big Eddie. What's his last Matt's-
1: name?
4: <laughs> <laughs> ha! Ed- I don't, I don't know. It's a stop, stop, stop. This is a, <laughs> a tough morning. Edwin Smart. Edwin Smart. Is that his yeah. last name? Smart? You got it. All right, so you it. want me to go get smart?
1: Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh. no, we're good. I like we're that. We're good. Show. We'll take Edwin on a future yeah. episode, though. All right. So a few yeah. things to get to with you. Um, so we did our award show today. I, I might ask you about a couple of those, but um yeah. oh man. Yep. Clearing oh. that nasal passage right out. <laughs> uh, so Matt Frivola, God love the steamroller. Yeah. Uh, and his father, Sal, the fucking bulldozer for all all these guys. Right. Did you see the video that Matt Frivola did about you? I mean, I was sent a video of him talking about you for two minutes. I mean, you are the godfather, right? I mean, but it, please tell me you've seen this video. Make a grown man cry.
4: I, 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 I'm going to say I did see it. I did see. It. I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but I did. I 100 percent. So he's in the car. Yeah, Talking, man. Yeah, no, it was very, very touching. I, I appreciate what he said, too.
1: If that was me, I would have probably bowed out after 90 seconds. You can only take so much praise.
4: Yeah, you know? yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> you know, so no, so a guy who
1: takes the compliment well, but it was very well thought. I mean, and uh, yeah.
4: Especially if, a guy that's crying at every possible chance he gets at this point in life. I yeah. can't I can't get through a show. You yeah. can give me a yeah. horror show, I start crying. <laughs> right. I don't even know what's going on, Kenny. I have no idea. Hey.
1: It is amazing getting older when I even will watch a show like The Voice with my daughters and I'll see somebody win something I, I literally just could ball my eyes out right then and there like
4: if you I know, it gets it, it gets it gets worse it really yeah. gets worse you know but <laughs> Cody, hey, you know another you know, great another wait what was ahead. that Cody
1: he's saying it's menopause
4: I don't think it's menopause for it's me it's the
2: appreciation yeah. of life Ray is what. It yes.
4: Is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the appreciation yeah. oh, that, that you're not going to be Ray, here. You know that you're not. It's the appreciation that you're not going to be here much longer. I think that's what I'm crying for. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go yeah. out just like I came in, kicking and crying and screaming. <laughs> <I like laughs> that's that. right.
1: Yeah. What were you going to say when I so rudely cut you off? Do you remember?
4: No, no. I was going to say, did anybody see the uh, year of the fighter with Matt Serra? I thought that was that's a must watch, man. It's really yeah. really good.
1: On you Fight Pass. Check
4: it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah! You got to check it out. It's really, it's really, really pretty cool. It Was even good for me to go back and reminisce, and you know, even I, I look like I'm twelve in that yeah, thing, right? And, I, and I'm probably, and I'm probably fifty. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, so, Kenny, if that puts anything in perspective. But somebody sent me the picture. I go, wow, what am I like, fourteen? <laughs> I <it> was forty-nine <laughs> or fifty. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so you guys the, still have hope. That's what I'm saying. That's good. Good. That's, good. Yeah. Good to hear.
1: In our mid forties. Year of the Fighter, Matt Serra on UFC Fight Pass. I'd imagine oh. since Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes, you've been asked repeatedly how that upset maybe stacks up to what Matt Serra did against George St. Pierre. Have you been asked that question a lot?
4: Uh, not not a lot, but people have brought it up. But look, that what Pena did is is unbelievable, right? Uh, but, you know, I think it's that we've gone through a lot of upsets at this point, like we could point to, but... When Matt did it, there really wasn't any huge upset. I think that's why it was really so big is that, first off, St. Pierre, it, it was just the timing of it. St. Pierre was considered unbeatable at that point, and nobody really – there wasn't those big upsets, I don't think. And the way that he did it too.
2: The way that he did it too, you know.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to love watching that thing, and it, it'll make sense even after. I mean, we were fully confident. I mean, it, it, I, I'm telling you, even when I'm doing the interview – I mean, I remember the camera guy stopping, you know, and thinking I was completely insane. But we were we were on track with that. We never had any intentions of going to the floor. And Matt says it in that thing. He faced good wrestlers that couldn't get him down. Why are we going to expend the energy? So we went the other route, make him think we're going to go down. And then he stood up with him. And I knew Matt had the power to do it. And that was it.
1: All right. A couple other things I want to get to as far as our corner man or coach of the year. You know, we were joking. Now joining us is uh is 2021 coach of the year nominee Ray Longo. We did not give you our coach of the year. <laughs> but I just wanted to, to break that news to you. You were nominated. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously we can't. I guess we could. I guess no, we could give you the coach of the year, right? Definitely. Like if Al, well here, here's the fucking deal, okay? If Aljamain Sterling beats Piotr Jan as a plus oh, two yeah. 60 underdog, uh, right? I'll give you your fucking coach of the year for 2000%.
4: But I was I'll just saying
1: it. to Kenny as we were going through, it's the hardest category for me. So when I'm like, all right, coach of the year, and I just started writing down names, right? By whatever criteria, I had 18 men or women written down. And I just think we're in an era, and I know you've acknowledged Santino DeFranco and other guys in the past. I just oh, yeah. think we're in an really? era where – um not unlike the game and the sport developing with calf kicks and face cranks and everything else, um, but you're seeing coaches develop, even guys who aren't traditional martial artists, developing into really sound mixed martial arts coaches.
4: Yeah, just give me a couple of names out of who you talking As about. As examples,
1: well. I mean, there's who, who, I mean, not specifically, I mean, Eric Nixick is an example of a guy who's a football player who didn't have the traditional martial arts background. Oh, Um, I got you. As far as the coaches are concerned, I mean, on and on it goes, even at a gym like Fight Ready. I mean, there are four or five guys whose names are escaping me that I could shout out. I don't know. I just think we're in a very good era um, when it comes to these MMA minds. And, um, you know, you guys are obviously at the forefront of that. You've just been around for a while and realized success in, in different decades, you know?
4: Yeah, no, definitely. Look, man. Uh, one thing is, look for me. I'm uh, look. I'm happy and I'm grateful for everything I've done. I really, I can't, I can't even express that enough. I mean, but dude, I what I, I even that's what I'm saying. Even looking at Matt's thing, I mean, I, this has been going on 20, 30 years. Like it's even Frivolus' father asked me last night, like how much longer can you go? Like it's, right. I, mean, I don't right. know what's even holding me up at this point, but uh, you know, consistency. You know, look, I've been there from the beginning. I feel like, again, I've watched everything mature into it, like a really phenomenal sport. And uh, I was lucky enough to come across guys that love to fight and that were great athletes and, uh, you know, put my name up there, too. So uh, everything, everything's good. You know, I don't look for, you know, like the awards, all of that stuff is great. But I'm, I'm really I'm just telling you, I'm content on what I did. I got a wall full of people that I'm very, very proud of. They're all doing great after fighting, and that—that's. I, I really wanted to keep it small, and you know we're still small, but getting a little bigger. But you know, it's just been a great run, man. It really has been. And I, you know, that that thing with Matt may, really made me go back and look and go, I never even got time to reflect on anything because it's like you know, Wideman wins, you're we're on to, to you're on to you're on to the next. Yeah. You have there is no time, no break to sit, and, no break. There's just no break. You know, I went from. I mean, I'm going to be 64. I went from like uh, Atlantic City to Texas a couple of weeks ago. You know what I mean? It's just it's nonstop, and that's for the the guys coming up. You know, that's not those aren't big fights. You know, so uh, yeah, it's been look, it's been a great run. I know what it takes to to get guys to win. You know, but it's it the world is changing, and uh, you got to change with it. You know, so we'll see what happens. But I, I, it's been a it's just for me, it's been it's been great. And I, I look forward even to helping other people you know do good in anything like even i do like even the podcasting thing i love if somebody right gives a shit about having me on right i'm happy to be on you know it's just it's a blessing to me right
1: right you didn't know we'd be calling every single monday for seven years
4: but here we are (laughs) but no you bring up a lot of interesting it's it's all about friendship kenny it really is and you know if everybody helps everybody else it's just a i think it's a better place to be so that's where i'm coming from
1: See, your legacy is entrenched, right? I mean, when did Matt Serra first become UFC champion? What, 2008? Was it earlier? Than seven. That? I mean, seven, yeah. Right. So you have been a world champion as a, as a mixed martial arts coach, right? Here you are in your early 60s. Your team is having a ton of success right now. You have a UFC, an undisputed UFC champion under your roof right now. You know, Pumi and other guys waiting in the wings, Right. Yeah. But other coaches haven't realized that. And like Safe Saud has said to me privately, and now I've said this publicly, and sorry, Safe, if I'm speaking out of turn, but he won't feel completed professionally until he can build a UFC champion, you know? And he'd probably walk away shortly thereafter. So for you, obviously you're you're fulfilled, you're able to see fighter of the year, and that sort of allows you to sort of fondly memorialize that stuff. But there are some coaches that um you know, might be a little bit younger than you, but they haven't come close to sniffing that dream.
4: Yeah. And and again, I would change the uh, the way I look at that. I never once wanted a UFC champion. I just wanted my guys to be the best they could be. And with that came being a UFC champion. I never really looked for that. You know, I it looked up I, and Matt said something on the on the thing. We 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 love being the underdogs, you know, like when I was just starting to get success and people were like, oh, you know want, No, no. Make me I want to I want to be hated on and be the underdog. That's when I'm thriving at my best. When I if you get too comfortable, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. So it, that's the hard part. It's almost like it's the Ma- Marvin Hagler thing. He got up for 14, 15 title defenses. Same thing every day you know, in and out right for years. And that's the way you got to be as a coach. You know, every time I think something's slipping, I got to go back to, you know, where, where'd we go wrong? What happened here? What happened? It's, it's tough. So I would just look at, you know, if I'm Saeed, I would just look at just making my guys like the best they could be. Cause a lot of things, a lot of other things have to fall into place. You know, it's timing. Uh, I don't want to say like luck, but you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time, but you better be ready when that time comes. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, I remember even Mike Constantino saying to me years ago, we were having lunch and he goes, what, what's it like having two champions? Like, dude, if I tell you I'm not even thinking, like, it's great. But first off, the answer is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and I and I think for me, too, and this is where I differ. And this is why I don't even think Javier Mendez gets enough credit because th- that guy's produced killer after killer out there from the ground up. You know, these I'm not a guy taking guys in from other gyms and then, you know, they were already right. 10 and oh, you know right. what I'm saying? That's what you got to look at. You know, who were the yep. guys from the ground up that started? Who threw their first punch? Who had their first pro MMA fight that went on? That I'm going to hold to that. That's not easy to right. do. You know right. what I mean? Because right. if you want to put me in a gym where people have to come to me, of course, I'm going to look great. Right. You know, right. Why, why not? Right. right. You know? Yeah. Just legend. You don't need I no mean, sand that, for- that's health
1: behind him, right? Fucking uh, yeah. lens. <laughs>
4: that would be nice though. <laughs> so
1: Kenny, do you still wear contact lenses? Uh,
2: occasionally. If I have to do prompter stuff, I'll put them in.
1: Right. Or if you have to compete inside a cage against another martial oh, weapon. I never oh. did. I
2: never did for, for fighting. I never put them. Right. Yeah.
1: So Billy Corantello had that VPK procedure done, right? You cannot get LASIK as a professional fighter, but there are some procedures that will be approved, right? We talk about Charles Oliveira, you know, who basically fights blind um, and is the best in the world. Have you ever had any of your athletes, boxers, martial artists come to you and say, dude, I can't fucking see, or, I mean, I know a lot of fighters illegally wear contact lenses in the octagon, so I'm not asking you to out anybody, but has any fighter ever come to you and said, like,
4: Dude, I can't see. No, nobody's come to me and said I can't see, but Lou Como was 100% blind in there. He definitely couldn't see. Yeah. And he was and he was pretty good. But that was a big uh I don't even think they had uh the the eye surgery back then or it was very new. But right. yeah, he definitely was one guy that couldn't see. I think everybody else vision-wise is pretty okay. All
1: right. Good to know. That'll be my built-in ex- excuse when I lose my amateur mixed martial arts debut. I, I couldn't fucking see. I'm blind <laughs> as a bat. My twin brother on the other side had LASIK, you know, so that's why he beat me. Oh, wow. Um, all right, my man. Well, that's really all I have for you today, you know, um, unless uh, unless there's something else that you wanted to fucking wet your beak with. But it's great to see <laughs> you, obviously.
4: <Nice> to go. <laughs> I'm good, real guys. Quick.
1: All right, real quick. Yeah, go ahead yeah I got um, it Giga Chikadze minus two thirty five Calvin cater plus one ninety as the UFC gets back to it this weekend. Some say cater's a live underdog, others say that's crazy. Chikadze should be three to one or north of that obviously Chikadze the guy with the momentum cater's been out a year since the Max Holloway thrashing. What are your thoughts on the main event this weekend?
4: uh absolutely love both guys, not gonna say much. I think the odds. I thought they would be a little closer. I really did, because I think Cater's definitely a handful, and uh, that is not an easy fight. I love the way uh, Chikazi handled uh, Barboza. Uh, that was a great sign for maybe what's to come, but that that's a tough fight. I don't, I'm saying that's going to be a very tough fight, and I would consider Cater a, a live dog. Is that what you said yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, you know I love both guys, so yeah. I I love right. you know to fight, yeah.
1: Right. No, I know you're going to sit on the fence. I understand you love both Oh, guys. I'm not
4: doing anything yeah. with this, yeah.
1: Yeah. No. But live underdog is is another sort of misused phrase like prohibitive favorite. Live underdog means you think they're live enough at that number to bet them, right? So yeah plus 190 some people thinking man i'm getting you know he just main evented against max holloway i'm getting him at almost two to one um and other people are totally on the other side i think it's a very interesting main event i think it's fascinating to see where cater is at like i think chikadze is the far more known quantity right now um i really want to know how calvin cater comes back from you know the worst beating in ufc history
4: yeah that's the big question that is the big question but uh I think I ran into him one time in between. So you know, now in uh, that fight, they, they look great, sounded great. So, uh, mm-hmm. you hey, know, hey, Boston guys are tough, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going. I'm, I, I believe in that toughness, you know. All so right. uh, I, I don't know. I, I think three to one would be insane to me. I think I, you know, like again, I wouldn't want to. I mean, if I'm Chikazi, I don't want to take this guy light. Like, sure. I should be a ten to. You, know. you know what I'm saying? Like that. That's the. That's the key. But yep. I—that's—I—he gets by Qatar in a great way. He 100% deserves a, a title shot. All
1: right. So Chikadze wins. You're shaving your head. Sounds great. We'll talk to you next week. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, though. Seriously, March 5th, I believe it is. Pyotr Jan, minus 320. Aljamain Sterling plus 260. It looks like you guys have a date, Team Sarah Longo.
4: Uh, maybe. All right. Maybe We'll take him, maybe. We'll maybe. All
1: right, we'll have a great day and a better <laughs> evening. Um, and I don't say this to sort of butter your ass, but um, the in terms of our merchandise sales, you know, we just had our sort of year-end call with Cody, and far and away, our best-selling t-shirt was the uh, punch a hole in his fucking chest, Ray Long, so
4: <laughs> congratulations on that. Uh, thanks. That, that, makes feel, that makes me feel like I want to kill somebody. I'll talk <laughs> <I'm talking. laughs> I'll talk you to you go. later. Right. There he
1: is. Hey, here, take care. Take He's care. So I'm so excited to shut that computer. Look at him get out no of here. The Ray Longo Minute every week for almost seven years here on the Anakin Florian podcast. All right. Calvin Cater, real quickly, Ken Flow back for the first time in a year. Chikadze, 7-0 and in the UFC. I thought it was 5-0 and in the UFC. He's fucking 7-0 and in the UFC. Last two wins, knockouts of Edson Barboza and Killer Cub Swanson. Very interesting main event. Um, Obviously, Cater, after the Rob Font loss to Jose Auto, trying to pick up the New England cartel here. Uh, Georgian figures to have a lot to say about that. What do you think about Chikadze and Cater before we get the fuck out of here?
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, it was winning quietly, but now uh, not really winning quietly. Uh, Everybody is kind of on to what he's doing. Doesn't mean you could stop it because he truly has a dilemma with that kicking game, uh, and it's difficult uh, to properly know how to block the body and protect your head at the same time so he keeps you guessing in that regard and he's so quick with that kick uh that he can take you out in a number of ways so um moving really well uh you know he's been working on his grappling for a while um not an easy guy to take down because of his footwork Uh, And for Cater, he's a guy who's who's been around for a long time. And do not count Cater out. He's as tough as nails. Uh, He hits extremely hard. Uh, He's capable of knocking out anyone in that division. And uh,
1: I think uh, that's going to be a phenomenal main event. And the catch is dragged in. The great James Krause. Happy 2022, man. (sighs) Let's go. Pro practice in the can.
5: Oh, Dom. You see my face is just demolished right now. (laughs) Yeah, pro practice done. I just got my face rubbed in a mat about ten minutes ago. So we're good
1: now. See, that's good, right. I don't know if it compares to like a runner's high, you know. Like I could never do like a strength and conditioning workout and then come on the air because I'm like dead, you know, but you seem to be riding the high from pro practice, which we like. I'm not Um, sure
5: about that. I just put on a really good, you know, poker face and (laughs)
1: all right. So I'm going to announce the new scoring system for 2021 and we're just going to keep it simple as far as the units are concerned. So I don't need any round or method of victory. Obviously, if you want to say Giga Chikadze by liver kick in round one, we'll take it. But basically, from all the handicappers I've pulled... This is the easiest and fairest way to track it because we have international listeners that don't know what the American dollar means. We have American odds and European odds. We're going to use American odds as we've been using, but everything is based on a one-unit bet, trying to win one unit when you're on a betting favorite. Um, So basically, if Piotr Jan is minus 320 and Aljamain Sterling is plus 260, if you pick Jan and he loses minus 3.2 units, right? If he wins, you get plus one unit. Aljamain Sterling, if he loses, you only lose one unit. But if he wins, you win 2.6 units. It'll make sense as the guys get going. Um, Ken Flo was just breaking down Chikadze and Cater. So I want to start there as we sit here on Monday of Fight Week. We don't have a co-main event right now. Um, Giga Chikadze, minus 235, Calvin Cater, plus 190, James. How do you feel about this main event and ultimately uh, on which side do you fall?
5: Uh, man, it's really tough to bet against Giga and anybody striking. Uh, I I will say this, I'll, I'll just lay out the pros and cons. First of all, I really like the, uh, I'm not even sure what the over is, but I see this fight going the distance just because Cater is so freaking durable. Giga is such a, he's a good striker as well. Uh, I think I'm sure the over is at four and a half. Am I right there?
1: I would imagine. I didn't see it this morning, but I'd imagine it'll be up later.
5: Yeah. Uh, so I have to, anytime that I'm going against a, a kickboxing match, I got to go with Giga, man. He's such a good, he's such a good, he's, he's a more diverse striker where I feel like Cater is more of a boxing uh, boxing style. Uh, Giga, he's got the long kicks. He's really tough to get into range. He's defensively sound, which I'm really big on. And MMA is defensive prowess. Uh, he doesn't get hit clean a lot. Uh, his range control is extremely good. He does a lot of the things that, that a lot of people don't talk about. They say his striking is good. Yeah, it is. But why? It does because he does all the intricate. It is because he has all the intricate details down the range control, defensive uh, awareness, fight IQ, all these things that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about. But it's really tough for me to bet against a guy like Giga in a kickboxing match. Um, I think I think Cater uh, going to have to mix in the takedowns if he wants to if he wants to win this fight.
1: Yeah, I agree with that breakdown, Ken Flo. And we talked a lot about this off the air, right? Methods of victory for Calvin Cater. And obviously you're talking about a year-long layoff, 25-foot octagon. I would think he would have to mix it up. Ken Flo, ultimately forced to go to the window. Which guy uh, are you betting on?
2: Yeah, listen, uh, James makes a lot of great points. Uh, This is a tough one for me, you uh, you know, having to go against a fellow Boston native, a guy who has represented the city so well. Uh, and fights his ass off every single fight, you know. shows so much heart every single time out. And he's got some skill as well. But I just think Chikadze is a tough matchup for him because of his kicking game. Uh, It it is hard to go against Chikadze here. Uh, I think it should be a a good fight,
1: uh, but I'm going to go with Giga here. Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, over two and a half rounds priced out to minus 170. Sounds like a James I'm playing that today. Under two today. and a half plus half plus one forty, I will tell you, and I don't like to, to disagree with guys like you, I would probably go under four and a half. Um, but I do like the over two and a half. I just think that, uh, A lot of weaponry. I agree with that. You know. All right. 125-pound women. We'll start with you, James, on this. This is a rematch. Caitlin Chukagian, minus 170. Jennifer Maya, plus 150. First meeting UFC 244, November of 2019. Chukagian won that fight 29-28 times three. Maya did miss weight for that fight. She seems to have nipped those issues in the bud. Uh, James, what do you have for us on that one?
5: I got to – so I have to say that I'm – and I have – been for a long time a, a big chukagian fan i just like her style she's got a really elusive uh long boxing style she has a great jab good feet once again she does a lot of the details that we don't talk about and uh if this wasn't a smaller octagon i would not feel good about this pick uh with And i think maya has shown a lot of improvement and uh her takedowns and her control on top is really good uh, but with the with the bigger cage, I definitely got the little that, guy. That, we got the little guy. is, this is, it is a the little, little one?
1: one. Yeah. Oh shit! That changes
5: it's a, a lot.
1: I, no, I like the fact that that you acknowledge it as a factor because I can't tell you how many people it are is. so dismissive of it when I when I bring it up. So
5: I'm still gonna rock with Chukagan, but I don't feel as good about it. I don't feel yeah. near as good about it. Uh, I like Chukagan This and this is why there's one reason. She has great feet. She's got really good feet and a long jab. And Caitlyn very rarely overcommits on her strikes, right? Uh, if you watch her fight with uh, uh, Cynthia Cavillo, yeah, a, a amazing job of range control. And that that was like the 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 poster boy fight of what using your jab and keeping range looks like. I mean, she just did an incredible job of sticking, sticking, sticking. I think she's going to do that again. Uh, Maya is really good when she gets into a good control positions. I don't think she's going to get these control positions on Jukavian. Um, I don't think she's got the feet to to get on the entries with Chukagian. I don't like it as much now that we're in the smaller cage, but I'm gonna count on uh Henry putting together a really good game plan and Chukagian sticking to it, uh working behind the jab and having good footwork. So I'm I'm going Chukagian. I feel I feel pretty good about this one. Not as good as I did, but I still feel pretty good about it.
1: All right, Kempflo, this is an eliminator of sorts here uh for the women at Flyweight. Chukagian Maya Act two, which way are you going?
2: Yeah, listen, I think that uh, Chikagian certainly has the skills to get it done um, because of all those reasons that James – talked about, you know, her jab, her jab probably being uh, the main factor there in along in association with her footwork. Um, but uh, I do think that Maya has gotten better as a pressure fighter. She's definitely going to have to do that here against Chukagian. That's her best bet. She's not going to win a fight on the outside. In my opinion, it's going to be very difficult anyway to do it. And for me, just there's certain fights where Chukagian goes out and she looks phenomenal. And there's other fights where she looks a little bit flat. Um, I don't know which Chukagian is is going to uh, show up. I think Maya is a little bit more consistent anyway. I'm not sure she has the better skills, but she might be a little bit more consistent here. I do like the fact that it's in the smaller cage. um, And with those underdog odds, uh, I'm going to have to take it here. Um, Acknowledging that Chukagian is going to be a very tough out, but uh, let's go with Maya here, see if we can pick up a couple extra points.
1: Juicy. 1.5 1.5 units if Jennifer yep. Maya hits under the new score system. All right. This could end up the co-main event. You know, I'm looking at the second draft of the fight card. It has Muslim Salakov versus Michelle Pareda. I don't believe that fight is happening this weekend. So this one might slot in there. Two of the top seven in the world at 125 pounds for the men. No man should weigh 125 pounds anyway. <sighs> Fucking A. I shouldn't have said that. All right. Brandon Royval, minus 160. Number five in the world, taking on seventh ranked Ogerio Bontarine, who is plus 140. So, James, you know, Royval's lost two in a row. I still consider him one of the very best in the world. Um, On the other side, Bontarine, sort of a weird circumstance. First fight for him since May of last year. That was a win over Matt Schnell up at Bantamweight, a fight for which he missed weight. Uh, It's a big fight here at Flyweight. Royval or Bontarine for you, kid?
5: I'm a little biased. Uh, I'm, I'm a lot biased. Roy Vall is my teammate, uh, factory X. Uh, but let's take my teammate hat off and let's talk. Let's talk real quick. Let's talk some facts. Whenever I look at, at, uh, at Roy ball versus monitoring, I see a guy, I see two guys that start extremely fast. Uh, Roy ball will have a tendency and him and I've talked about this. Like he has a tendency to overcommit sometimes and get himself in trouble with the grappling. Uh, I think Bonturin's only shot to win this fight is in the first round. I think he's got a sub, Brandon, uh, to get him out of there. Brandon's not an easy guy to sub. He's a really good uh, grappler. I've grappled numerous rounds with him. He's an extremely good grappler. I think this is a stylistic nightmare for Bontarine. And when I look at his game, I I see him kind of go away a little bit. Uh, like he doesn't end as strong as he started. After after the first five, he kind of has a tendency to to, to pull back a little bit. And Roy ball is the opposite. Whenever he smells you, uh, fading a little bit, he picks it up and he picks it up and he does not go away. He's super dangerous, great guillotine, great uh, power, good elbows, good knees. He's extremely dangerous everywhere. I think Bontrin has to get Roy ball out of there in the first round. I don't, if he, if he doesn't get Brandon out of there in the first round, I think there's going to be some big problems. And I think Brandon can end this fight at any point. Uh, I lean pretty hard towards Roy ball on a biased opinion and on an unbiased opinion. I think yeah. he's just a stylistic nightmare for Bontarine.
1: I love the way you set that up. Yeah, dude, Royval's a beast. One of my favorite guys on the roster. He wants it so badly. You know, I think sometimes he almost wants it too badly and maybe too that's bad. what creeps in to that early part of the fight. Um, Kenful, what do you have for us on Roy Royval and Bontorin?
2: I think it's going to be an exciting fight. Um, You know, obviously, James knows uh, Royville extremely well, and I agree with all those things that he says. Um, I I do think he's got to be careful early on in this fight. Sometimes he gets a little overly aggressive and and makes himself susceptible in that process by going for it so much. Um, If he can pace himself a little bit, stay technical, because he is capable of doing that. He's got a lot of skills. Um, And is one of the most exciting fighters out there in that weight class. No question about it. I think he's got a ton of potential. Um, I I think that, uh, you know, er, early on, if he's able to weather the storm, stay in there and not get outside of himself, uh, it's his fight to win. So
1: uh, I like Royville here as well. I see a lot of potential in that guy. All right. You can see it all play out on ESPN plus this weekend for more from James Krause. It is at the James Krause on Instagram and other places. Good to see you, buddy. Couple red mocks from pro practice. uh, And we'll see you shortly in uh, six or seven days for obviously our UFC 270 preview. Thank you, brother.
5: Thank you, guys. Appreciate you you guys a ton. You too, guys.
1: There he is, James Krause with us every week for the main event challenge on the Anakin Florian podcast. So thankful we were able to get James there. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get him. But yeah, it's pretty simple in terms of the new scoring system, folks. Royval minus 160, Bontarine is plus 140. If you bet on Bontarine and he wins, it's plus 1.4 units. If you bet Royval, it's plus one unit because he's the betting favorite or minus 1.6 units if he loses. So hopefully that'll provide some clarity. And again, at Anakin Florian pod, the things that I want to hear from you folks this week, which octagon size do you prefer, the 30 footer or the 25 footer? For me, I prefer the 30 footer. I'm going to take this up with Joe Silva, who once tried to convince Dana White to employ the little 25 foot octagon, even in these big arenas. Joe wanted the little guy at every single UFC live event, as Ken Flo well knows. We used to have a lot of conversations about the octagon size in our matchmaker meetings. And I used to be aligned with Joe Silva. Now, having seen it play out, I want the 30-footer. So which which octagon do you prefer? That little fucking tiny thing they trot out at the apex or all the pageantry that comes with the 30-footer? So I want to know about that. Um, and I also want to know what you think of the new scoring system at Anik Florian Pod. if you have any issues with that. AnikFlorianPodcast.com for any of your merchandise needs. I believe FAM15 will still work for a couple more weeks for 15% off your entire order. The the uh, One More Sleep merchandise can be found at Millions.co. Mary John Miss still works for the promo code there. Um, all right. Award shows in the can. First episode of 2022 is in the can. We are going to be back next Sunday slash Monday. Full preview of UFC 270. Do you know right now which side you are on, Francis Ngannou and Seattle Gon? I believe I do. He's picking Gone, folks. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. When in Maybe. doubt. Maybe. You know? Why? Maybe. Well, you'll find Some out next week. In France. Yeah. Yeah, have right. To wait. Gonna There's have to GTS. wait. Yeah. Somebody who was trained under Fernando lopez we'll see all right thank you all for uh for all the support of the show hope you enjoy the award show and uh we'll talk to you next monday tell your friends thanks for subscribing hitting that like button we read every last comment we'll talk to you next monday appreciate every last one of you happy new year for ken flo and cody i'm john anik we'll talk to you soon go Yo, later